0: Pennington, and this is Havala's Podcast. Yes, I'm back again, and I have a lot to share with you, but there are two specific things that we need to talk about right away because, well, I only get a few minutes usually of your time. And first of all, summer. Can we say summer collectively as moms and dads and grandparents? The kids are home Dear Lord. (laughs) It's such a unique season. It's like two months of complete chaos. And you know, I love school. I love the routine and the I I feel like I'm an incredible parent for like eight hours a day. But when it starts becoming a 24 hour, it gets really chaotic and I start feeling a bit like the walls are closing in. And then I keep telling myself, it's okay. This is good. You only have a little bit of time. And so I try to kind of give my my head space to just say, this is what real life looks like. And then when, you know, they get they come downstairs in their little jammies and they snuggle up and we just sit and read or watch something or talk, I'm like, oh, this is all worth it. I love it. So probably 90% of the time I'm really happy about it. The other 10%, well, just it just confirms that I'm not a homeschooling mom. Um, although I wish I was because I, I do love the idea of it. So, um, and then secondly, I don't know if you can tell, but I sound a little different. And that's because we invested in a podcast mic. Yep my podcasting has become an adult. (laughs) It's time to invest. People used to ask me all the time, so how did you, how do you record your podcast and what equipment did you invest in? And I said, a $20 mic that we got sent to us. My husband actually found it. And I've been using that mic for, well, almost two years and just wanted to see if I would be consistent in podcasting, if there was an actual way to really, you know, serve you well with podcasting. And just see if it's stuck. I'm a really good starter. I always said I wish they handed out awards for starting because I would be an A student. But I'm not very good at maintaining or finishing. So I'm not declaring that over myself. I'm just realistic and somewhat of an expert in the way that I do life. And so I tend to be careful not to invest too much from the beginning, but see if it's worth the investment. So uh, we did the $20 mic for many years, and I looked at my husband and said, I think this is really something I like doing. And I find people are really getting served by our podcast. And so we ended up investing in a nice mic. And um, I always say to don't invest too much in the beginning, because then the pressure is trying to recoup your investment rather than having fun practicing. So in anything in our world, I recommend buying secondhand, trying to figure out if you can borrow it from somebody. Don't just spend the money thinking that that's going to be the the clincher to you being good at it or even motivating you. In fact, it's one of the least ways to motivate yourself. What's better is to see if there's some life on it. And if there is, then you'll know the investment is worth it. So the investment's worth it. And in the podcast world, we are we, we are going strong and we love it. So today I want to talk for a few minutes um, about uh, how we grow and develop our lives. And not just that, when we find that we are struggling, when it feels like we are walking in water, do you know what I mean? That kind of step-by-step, step, everything is slower, it's harder to get there, I can't seem to accomplish what I want to accomplish, I can't seem to achieve what I want to achieve, I can't seem to go where I want to go or be what I want to be, and uh, you know, there's a, there's a process and something that I have to keep in mind that I want to remind you of as well. Someone said, the way that you feel today is exactly directly related to what you ate three weeks ago, (laughs) which is good and scary at the same time because our bodies, it takes a while to consume and to digest what we ate many weeks ago and now our body is showing what we've eaten. Well, it's the same way in all areas of our life. What you're experiencing today is not directly linked to what you invested today, to what you prayed today, what you, um, you know, developed today. Everything is because of yesterday. It's because of what you chose to do yesterday. I like to read books on vacation. I'm not a fast reader, but I kind of get this sense that I have these goals. And I finished two of the of the five books that I brought, which is pretty good, you know, being the fact that our four boys were with us on vacation and I wasn't stuffing them in a corner to read books. But during the day, we were playing in the pool and laughing and talking and doing all that good stuff. And then in the morning, I would get up early and read. And so I read this book called Poverty, Riches, and Wealth by Chris Vallatin. It's called Poverty, Riches, and Wealth. And Chris is a dear friend of mine, but also he's an incredible business. Businessman, and he's mm, he's probably one of the clearest um, voices when it comes to practical, practically merging the church um, and the marketplace, and how do we do that, and what are the core values and the you know uh, uh, I would almost want to say the formulas, but the spiritual formation to keeping us in a healthy way. And so I decided I'd pick up this book. He sent me a copy, which I was really grateful for, but I wanted to read it because. Let me say this. I think it's become very clear in my own life um, that I was not raised with income. And it wasn't a bad thing. We didn't go without, but we definitely didn't have overage. It wasn't like um, I was, you know, I had endless amounts of um, income. I remember getting a, you know, $20 a month for my allowance in high school. And, you know, I remember my mom not having much money to give us or my dad. So I'm very, I remember all of that. Um, And then as I started to become an adult, of course, we were stewarding and saving. And I had some really clear core values. I was not going to go into debt. So that was something that I really fought hard to do. I haven't always been able to do that. But in general, if I have debt, I go after it. And I try not to buy things I can't afford. Secondly, I realized that... That life um, with finances was that I didn't want to um, chase dreams financially not knowing if I wanted to actually live that life. So I didn't go to college because that's just what successful people do. I waited to see kind of where my life Um, ebbed and flowed. I did actually sign up for college at one point. I signed up for a YWAM at one point, but it just wasn't what God had for me. And I didn't want to make the investment simply to make the investment and hope that I could get out of it. I know too many people that have school loans, um, which was like a practice year or a practice degree. They weren't sure. It's just too much of an investment. And then also, I just really liked to stay um, kind of minimalistic in what I could afford so that I would have play money. And that's always been something. If you watch me on Instagram or you watch my socials, you'll know I love to work hard. I mean, I love a good work day and I love, you know, burning the candle at both ends and that feeling of accomplishing and giving my best work and serving the people around me. But man, I love a good vacation. I love the feeling when you go and rest and turn your phone off and just say, look what we did. We did what we were called to do, what I set out to do, and now I get the benefit of living in this moment. And that, for me, is significant." If you do the Enneagram, which is a new kind of personality test that I just, my husband and I discovered and have had a lot of fun this year exploring. Again, uh, we're newbies at this, so don't ask me very many questions. But I'm a seven, which a seven is an enthusiast and we require fun. It's just kind of how we live. My husband is a one, so he's a perfectionist. And so he basically is monitoring our lives while I'm kind of planning it. (laughs) That's kind of how our world works. So anyway, we've, we've stayed with and our means. We've worked hard. Ben and I, sometimes I've had six jobs altogether, and then other times we've had just higher paying jobs that's allowed us to not have to work as hard. But when I got this book, part of the, the reason I picked this book out of all the books I could have chosen for vacation was I understand that I was not raised around money, or I should say his words, poverty, riches, and wealth. And so I am very aware that I don't have um, just key... Um, I want to say education, but also maybe some of the core value around it. You know, I always see those kind of documentaries where people win the lottery and then they blow it and within like five years, they don't have anything and they're worse off. And I just think about that in my own life. If I don't know how to steward what God's given me, then I can't expect that just because he poured out favor that I'll be able to hold on to it. And so I really want to be a good steward of what God's given me. And trust me, we are not wealthy, so don't get excited. But we, we definitely aren't surviving at this stage. And so when you move from survival to beginning to save, that saving requires a re-educating to see how can I think past I can afford it? How can I think past I need to get away? How can I think past I'm living different than I was yesterday? But how can I think about, and Chris talks about it, legacy, building a life where my kids can reap the benefit of the decisions that I made today? So one of the things he mentioned in his book that I thought was, um, well, it's one of those those things I read. And then when Ben and I were walking in the beach in the morning, I said, here's something I was thinking about. And he said this, what we are reaping right now is what we sowed yesterday. And I, I know that's obvious. Like I'm not, <laughs> it's not like a new thought. Wow, I've never thought about it like that. But he said the rewards and the abundance and the provision is not because of today is because of yesterday. And I had this thought, you know, wow, I'm I'm on vacation not because of our income this year, not because somebody gave us money to do it, um, not even because we sold something and it, we, it funded us, but we are on vacation because of the income that God brought our way last year. And we were able to pay our bills and save and put some away for the future. And we had overage to go and celebrate this moment. And then I began to think, and it was it sobered me. I thought, Havilah, where in your life right now are you sowing so that next year you'll reap? I'm not just talking about vacations, please. I hope we think bigger than that. I'm talking about influence. I'm talking about impact. I, I'm talking about figuring out how you can grow the gift that God's given you. One of the stories Chris really talks about in his book is the idea of the, of the men that had the talents. And in the Bible, there's a story where the master gives out these talents to these men. They're, it's money. And he gives them a certain amount. One has a lot all the way down to the last one has a little. And when he comes back to see what the men had done with the money, the first one had doubled it and the second one had doubled it. But the third one, it says, I knew what kind of master you were, so I buried it to keep it safe. And really what he is kind of bringing out in the scripture is a mentality, a mentality that says, what God brings my way, I'm going to double it. It may not be that much, but you know what? I got a little youth group of 10. Well, I'm going to double it to 20. I've got a couple chapters in a book. Well, I'm going to multiply that and finish my book. You know, I've got a desire for this uh, degree, and I'm halfway there, so I'm going to invest and take one more class towards that. And beginning to look at our lives and saying, are we stewarding what God has for us? Are we duplicating? Not a perfectionistic. This is what it looks like to be perfect, but a mentality that says I'm going to steward this so that when God comes calling again, we know. Look what we did with what you gave us. You know, it's very interesting. The man with the least talent said, "I knew what kind of master you were," and what he was saying is, "I already know your motives, and I don't. I don't even trust that you would be a fair. I don't even trust that you that I I even have the courage to do anything, and I was afraid of you." afraid to risk. And I think there are too many of us as women, as men who go, oh, I I don't want to fail in that. So I won't even try. And what I'm saying is you're bearing the gift of God in your life. You're asking God to come and unearth something that he's already said, this is on your life. Now steward this. And you're going to have to have a conviction in your life that says, I'm going to steward exactly what God gave me. I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to hope that it looks better, you know, than this person or over here they notice, but I'm going to steward exactly what God has. I was thinking about this with my family. You know, our boys, we were... Um, you know, I always look at how they're growing and, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you, do you feel that way as a parent? It's like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I'm trying my best. I'm hoping for the best. Um, you know, I haven't found any weapons under their pillows. (laughs) Everybody has their limbs at this point. Um, and so I'm just believing God for their lives, but I'm also on that journey of Lord, help me, help me do this right. And so sometimes I can look at certain things in their life and go, oh, it needs to be this specific thing, uh, but it's really not. And so one thing we've been working on in our home is just staying with the routine. And I'm not a routine person. I'm really spontaneous. I literally, if given to myself, I would wake up every morning and think, what could we do? And that could be drive to San Francisco. That could be skiing. I mean, I just, I, I have none of that internal part of me that loves routine. Um, I am married to the exact opposite of myself. But with our boys, I was thinking, you know, I need them to do this and they need to get up in the morning and they need to make their beds and clean their room and then they need to do this and they need to have their breakfast and uh, devotions and get in the car and... And then all of a sudden, I felt so overwhelmed. I was like, I'm not doing routine. Let's just let them kind of fly through it. And I'll, I'll, I'll go behind them and clean up after them. And I'll make sure everything's organized. And then all of a sudden, I had to say, you know what? No, I, I may not have it perfectly. But I would really like to figure some things out. So one of the chaotic moments in our parenting was um, lunches. I don't know if you guys, if you've never had lunches or made lunches for your kids, it, it's really one of the biggest burdens that God <laughs> puts on our lives. I'm kidding. But it is when you have four kids and you make a lunch every day and you it's just a pain. And so my sister and I were talking one day and she said, you know, have, I found this woman. She does a great job. And what she does is she makes lunches with her kids every Sunday afternoon. She buys all the groceries for lunches and she has each of her kids make five lunches that they can put in the fridge, with label them, and then get them ready for the next week. And so I thought, I'm going to do that. So I went out and bought some food, and we began to organize the boys and put them in and, and figure this out. And you know what? It was so peaceful. I couldn't believe it. That week, I thought, this is incredible. And there are certain things that I you're going to reap because you figured it out. And I think there are certain things that God's looking at us and saying, you don't have to have it perfect. You don't have to go, now my kids are going to wake up with an alarm at 6 a.m. and they're going to run in and say, good morning, Mother, I love you. And then they're going to go get cleaned up and they're going to, no, no, I'm going to have to walk them through it. But dang, we're further than we were last year. And I am not a mess like I was last year in this part of their life. And look what we're doing. And I just think about our lives. I guess if we were, if I was sitting across from you at a coffee table and I was going to ask you one question, this would be the question. How are you stewarding what God's given you so that you could double whatever's happening right now that you're proud of, you could double it by next year. That's what I would ask. If is it something that you're giving a certain amount of finances to the kingdom of God? And God goes, you know what, if you'll believe me, if you'll actually bring your tithes and offerings into the church, into the storehouse. I'll double your income. I'll steward that. Or maybe it's something in your life where you've stepped out in courage, but you're not really sure. And God's saying, could you write double the amount? Could you pray double the amount? Could you sow into somebody in a double fashion or, or give so much that you see it increase times you know, two? What would that look like? And so in my life, personally, I'm asking myself the question, what do I want to reap in 2019? I got stuff on my schedule. I mean, my 2019 is almost full in terms of events. And I try to keep that lean and mean so I have space for other things. But I'm looking at my own life and I'm saying, could I double the books that I read last year? Could I actually invest in someone differently this year and double it up? Could I double our staff at Truth to Table? Could I double what I give financially? Could I, maybe instead of not going on any missions trip, could we hit one missions trip as a family and begin to see where you could have that increase and stewardship. So again, whatever you feel like today is because of what you ate three weeks ago. Whatever you're sowing today is usually because you sowed it about a month ago, if not six months ago, and you're reaping it. So don't be discouraged. I kind of wonder if that's what the author meant in the Bible when he says, don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you faint not I wonder if he's saying listen there's going to be a point when you're going to feel a little bit overwhelmed with the doing but if you keep going sweetheart you're going to reap and you're going to look back and people are going to say how did you do this and you'll say because I didn't try to eat the whole pizza in one bite I ate one bite at a time I didn't try to run the whole race in one sprint I did one mile at a time and that's really important pace yourself yourself and the grace will come. I love you guys. I hope this has helped you. Don't don't be crazy. Your kids are home. Don't be crazy. It's summertime. Just set a quick goal to just double what you're doing and build the life that God's called you to live. Hey, one last thing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to leave me uh, five stars. I know it sounds so weird. I'll listen to podcasts all the time and they say, leave five stars. And I'm like, really? You need you need a stamp of approval? But it's really not about that. The way it works is if you leave a review or some stars, it allows other people to see it. And that's just how it works. Things get buried. There's a lot of podcasts out there. So if you think this would bless a lot of people and you think you'd like other people to find this podcast, just leave us a review and some stars and I'll make sure and read every single one of them. I love you guys. Don't forget... Don't forget to give me a shout out on the socials this week. I'll be there almost every day and I'll catch you next time.